Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Let's have all the, oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramont Plus. Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. Happy Wednesday! Happy Wednesday, friends! We have got a great show for you today. First, we're asking, hey, what's the hardest age to parent? And I don't mean what age are you. I meant what age are your kids? Every age I am is hard for me to parent, and every age my child is is hard for me to parent. Well, we're going to get some facts and figures and statistics that you can either choose to throw out the window or listen to. And then we're checking in to see if our kids and your kids are assholes. They probably are. Quick answer, yes. Yes, they are. And as always, we have our hashtag swag bag, but up next, take it away, little asshole. The tits and the sits. Guys, when I was on the plane to Sicily, I binged a bunch of TV, and I had not watched any of The Last of Us. It seems too scary for me. There's a Last of Us episode. It's Nick Offerman, and it's a gay love story. I know, I've heard. It is so fucking beautiful. It's so well done. Who's the other guy? Oh, he's someone that's been every character actor on every show you've ever seen. I can't think of the name. You'd be like, oh, I know that guy. Oh, it's Murray. What's his face from season one of White Lotus? Yes, yes. Also incredibly good looking. Is the show scary? No. I think you'll be fine. Okay. Is it depressing end of the world kind of shit? Yes, but no. Because that's what stopped me from watching it. I want to watch Pedro. Mm. I know. That episode alone. It reminds me of that one Black Mirror episode that I talk about all the time, the lesbian storyline one that won the GLAAD award. Yes. It's kind of like that. That show is not gay themed at all. And then just this one story, which is such a beautiful slice of life. If you're not into it, just watch that episode. I love when gay episodes are in a quiet way being like, we're just like everybody else. I don't understand why you have to hate us. Right, we're just trying to live. And it was one of those episodes. And Nick Offerman, his acting is fucking bonkers. I feel like he's really been coming out as this very talented actor as of late. I've been having some bad, bad dreams. Why do you think that is? It's weird because since I've been on the CPAP, I haven't been having dreams or remembering them. I used to always remember dreams and they say that was a common thing to people who wake up a lot in their sleep. Right. I think it's anxiety. I'm having back to school kind of dreams. Weird. Like, I didn't get my assignment in. It must be so weird to be in your 40s having those kinds of dreams. Yeah. And sometimes I would have them, like if I would have a new job, I would have a back to school dream. But now I'm having back to school dreams about the actual stuff I'm worried about being back in school. So they feel a little heavy. I mean, I've told you my anxiety is always like waiting brunch with a highway in between the restaurant and and outdoor seating. I go back to that place too. I've also a couple times had to not wear my CPAP machine because I'm trying different masks and I keep getting these little infections in my nose from having the mask bacteria or whatever. I find I'm having them whether I'm wearing the CPAP mask or not. So I guess it's just anxiety. I had a couple in Sicily. Last night I had a few. I used to have them all the time, but now that I haven't had them in so long, they seem extra aggressive. <laughs> I mean, they probably are. So that's it. That's not that bad of a thing. I'm going to be honest with you guys. We are batching because there's a lot of moving pieces this summer between all the things that Carrie has going on and our editor and stuff. So we're recording a lot of episodes all
all together. I'm not always going to talk about all kinds of actual current things because A, I don't have that much going on right as we're recording. (laughs) And B, I don't know if something that happens in this period will be relevant for when this airs. So I wanted to give you my initial reaction to the first episode of The Idol. Okay. Sam Levinson, I don't know if he created Euphoria or just directs Euphoria. He's also a Nepo baby, I'm pretty sure. He has a new show. I think it's with The Weeknd. I think he's a co-creator. It's called The Idol, and it's starring Lily Rose Depp. And it's all about a big, famous pop star and kind of the machine behind her and what she really wants. There was this really big, dare I call it, an expose in Rolling Stone about it and how it's a show about the exploitation of this female pop star, but the show itself is an exploitation. That's very meta. Yeah, very meta. Well, that was their opinion. I really wanted to see it for myself and take it in. I actually really found it interesting. And I think anybody who is serious engulfed in the Free Britney movement will be interested in the show. It clearly takes influence from Britney's life. They even reference Britney at one point. Yes, there is a lot of nudity and a lot of very graphic sex. The Weeknd plays this very seedy guy, a Sam Lufty character. Lily Rose Depp's tits are constantly out. They do a scene where she has to get changed from a photo shoot to go rehearse her new dance number that's very like Till the World Ends. And she changes into a bikini top that literally just covers her nipples and a skirt that her ass cheeks are hanging out of. Nothing anyone can dance in. I feel like it is a commentary on it. I don't think it's exploitative. She took this role. I think she very much knew what she was doing by taking a role like this. I don't know how they could have possibly pitched this to her as the guy who created Euphoria and disguise how sexual it's going to be. Unless I hear otherwise, I don't have a problem with it. I really would like you to watch it, Carrie. I know you're very busy, but I'd be curious in your take on it because of the constant Britney references. I have a little break around July 4th I can binge. There's only one episode so far. Okay. It's on Max or HBO. It's interesting. Cool. We've been so into this free Britney thing. Speaking of which, she just met with her mother for lunch. We're not sure how to feel about it. She just posted that video of her in the gym with Sam, so I guess they're still together. Someone's in the gym with Sam. Also, why does she talk like this? I don't know, because she's medicated. Is that what it is? It's probably some sort of dissociative disorder. Poor honey. Do you have any shits? No, that's it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. 
I used a Psychology Today article for this. The paper of psychology record. The paper of psychology record. So they talk about the different stages of what's hard in each stage first. So they say with infants, parents have to cope with physical exhaustion from sleep deprivation and the nonstop cycle of feeding, burping, cleaning, comforting, all that of a new fussy baby. During the toddler years, parents have to deal with an opinionated little person who's simultaneously trying to figure out the world but also run it. School years introduce academic and social challenges and parents have to figure out how to support and guide kids while also setting sensible limits. That's where we are. The teens and tweens concerns are about, again, academic and social challenges that are going to intensify and parents may face the job of staying connected with their kids as their kids increasingly focus beyond the family. That made me tear up a little bit. And they also need to teach kids how to balance independence with responsibility. But in a survey of over 2,000 well-educated moms at Arizona State University, Arizona State University offered an answer to what's the hardest part. On average, mothers of middle schoolers aged 12 to 14 oh God. generally feel worse than parents of infants, preschoolers and elementary school children, high school children, and adult children. Moms of middle schoolers, this is what we have to look forward to, report markedly less parenting satisfaction than other moms. Moms of middle schoolers report more stress. Fuck! Emptiness, loneliness, life dissatisfaction, lack of fulfillment, and they viewed their middle school children's behavior in a less positive way. Although the difference between adjacent ages on these more fine-grained variables was not necessarily dramatic or statistically significant. Can't I just have somebody else raise him for those years? Boarding school. The study also found that the low parenting satisfaction of middle school moms is not entirely due to their kids having adjustment problems or behaving in a rude or hurtful way. Something more is going on, so let's figure out what that is. Developmentally, the early adolescent years are a time when kids become increasingly focused on establishing independent identity outside the family. They are also facing those raging hormonal challenges related to puberty, funsies. Many middle schoolers also have to learn to navigate bigger, more impersonal schools with complicated social hierarchies and greater academic demands. And kids at this age are constantly feeling judged and very critical of each other and themselves. And they tend to be more acutely aware of what is or isn't cool at this age. And they vacillate between acting super arrogant and super insecure. They're argumentative and sometimes even vicious, but they're extremely easily hurt. They're sullen and moody at home and it's exciting and going with their friends. And it says it's true. The old adage, a mom is only as happy as her least happy child. Well, this just ruined my whole fucking day. So this stage can also be difficult because we may feel a new distance separating us from our new burgeoning little adults, our young adolescents. This is why I picked this, not to depress us. The how to feel better part is like the momtourage ethos. The things we come back to all the time. One, develop your non-parent self. You should be doing this all throughout because when the kid starts to become more independent, you feel more alone. You can't all of a sudden be like, now what? You have to be investing in yourself as a non-parent, as a person. Seek support. Hello, momtourage. We've got your back. That's the support community. Seek support, whether that's with a therapist, with a professional, or just others that you can hold space for. Minimize power struggles. So path of least resistance. Choose the battles that you're going to fight because there's going to be a lot of them and not all of them are important. Hang on. This too shall pass. It's only going to take two years. No big deal. And then this part, develop amnesia. And this is probably good for relationships of all kinds. So what that means is don't rehash past failings or shortcomings of your teen. Don't keep bringing it up. Move on. They need to move past it. They're already doing a lot of rehashing themselves. Don't keep bringing it up. Have kind of amnesia 
amnesia of the shit that has passed. There you have it, friends. How exciting. Good luck and Godspeed. Do you have someone going through this? If you have the time between crying and drinking, you can email us at hello at momtouragepodcast.com or slide into our DMs. I had to disassociate during that entire thing. If you're a 12 or 14 year old and you find yourself being particularly horrible and for some reason listening to our podcast, write us too. Tell us how it's going. Why are you being a dick? How to tell if your kid's an asshole. Ask them. I pulled from two articles. One is from a blog called fuckfeelings.com. <laughs> and the other one is our former employer who fired us, scarymommy.com. Okay, you know your kid's an asshole if pep talks have no purpose. Pep talks are just all kinds of talks. I'm guessing all kinds of talks, but when you're like, you don't have to be a bitch, you can whatever, and they're like, nothing. Luna's already there. Sebi's there part of the time. I had to have a disciplinary talk about him continuously smacking me in the face and he was like meh so the other day I just kind of smacked him back in the face it was a knee-jerk response that worked just saying I don't hit my child but I got tired of being smacked in the face so I gave him a much lighter smack in his worked well I tried to give Luna a pep talk and she randomly had a non sequitur that said when is Beckett gonna die that's my dog (laughs) (laughs) cool 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 when's the dog gonna die and can I shit on its corpse and I'm like wow that was a double down right there. That did the opposite of what I wanted to do. Now I'm crying thinking about my loving dog's death. The sooner to isolate you, mom. Then I can continue to abuse you alone. Pretty much. So you are not alone. So this one was a little bit weird. They said, ask others what they're doing. And if it's not working for you to do what they're doing, then your kid's an asshole. I don't like that advice. I will tell you, when you have an irregular pap smear and your friends are out of town and dealing with deaths and all these other kinds of things and you just feel kind of isolated ask every woman you know if they've ever had an irregular pap smear and I guarantee you'll feel better because most all of them say yes yeah it's true if there's an absence of empathy your kid's an asshole and maybe a psychopath probably absence of empathy in general is probably the most terrifying thing for me as I mentioned before my sister is having a girl and I said Luna you finally gonna have a girl cousin from Gina you know after all the boys we have to save the clothes I didn't save your baby clothes but we'll have to save these clothes now. And Luna goes, can't she just buy her own? I don't know if that counts as lack of empathy, but I did like that answer. That's a girl only child for you because that's what I would be like, ew, why do I have to give him my clothes? Luna has hoarder instincts. She recently has been using the word, she's like, I want to have a collection. I was like, okay, Ariel, with your collection. She's like, can we start a collection of this? I'm like, you want a collection of, and it's always something random and shitty. Like string. You want a collection of toilet paper rolls? It's giving Lee's dead mom vibes. I'm like, we don't need to save all these things. You know what, though? I sadly relate to this just a little bit. (laughs) She's like, for my collection? I was like, stop with the collection. I'll be like, ooh, look at this pretty ribbon. I'm going to save it for another gift to give somebody. And then that ribbon just sits in a basket of other ribbons that I don't ever want to use in case a more perfect opportunity comes up. Wouldn't you think my collection's complete? No. No, it's never complete. You need to collect more. Compulsive self-harm. So this one scared me at first because I was thinking like cutter. But they were mostly talking about their actions are destructive to themselves and others. It doesn't necessarily mean actually harming themselves. Like doing something they know is bad that will get them kicked out of school. Yeah, or like the double downing. Like let's say Sebi hits you and then you say, if you hit me again, this is going to happen and they do it anyway. It's like they compulsively know that the thing that they're going to do is actually 
going to make it worse, but they can't stop. Interesting. Okay. It's almost like the shame spiral of I'm already bad, so I might as well keep being bad. Got it. And it comes from a self-loathing place? Kind of, yeah. Okay. I kind of like this one. Assholes assemble. Even assholes have friends, and those friends are other assholes. So if you're noticing that your kid's friends are assholes, your kid is probably also an asshole. So take off your I love him blinders, and if you can see that every person that your kid's hanging out with is a total D-bag, probability that your kid is also one, very high. Oh, that makes me happy. The kids that Sebastian really likes are not assholes, so that's good. Same thing with Luna. There's still hope. Second part is if they're past the terrible twos and threedoms, and they're still buttheads, which I hate this word. You hate the word butthead? Yeah, it's just like, what a juvenile word. There's a better word for it. I mean, yeah, but your point is very much coming across when you call someone a butthead. Yeah, it's just like if they're still doing those butthead things past three, then there may be a junior asshole. Okay. Here's what I can really relate to, which makes me feel like I have two assholes in this house. They fight you on every stupid little thing. But I kind of feel like that's a kid thing anyway. Luna the other day tried to tell me that the Arctic was hot. (laughs) And I go, it isn't. And she goes, one of them is. I was like, one of the Arctics? And she's like, yeah, one of them is hot. I was like, do you mean the poles? Like the North Pole and the South Pole? She goes, yeah, the one Santa lives in is hot. I was like, there are so many things wrong with this answer. And I was like, it isn't. Have you ever seen a Santa movie where Santa's in shorts? It's snowy. And she's like, no, it's hot. And then I knew she knew she was wrong. She was like, yeah, it's hot. One of them. And I'm like, okay, I can't with this. I can't. I'm just going to be like, okay, is that bad parenting? I was just like, sure. No, sometimes there are things where Sebastian will just fight me on it. And I just go, all right, sure. Yes, fish can fly. Is Luna going to go to school and believe that there's two poles and they're both hot or one of them is hot? I felt like I needed to correct her. But then when she kept going down the road, I was like, I can't. It's not hurting anybody that she thinks one of the Arctics are hot. If she wants to go to school and sound like an asshole, so be it. She'll learn. Exactly. For me, when Sebastian does something like that, it's like, all right, you want to go to school and be wrong? Makes no difference for me. It's not going to affect your grades. It's not going to affect anything. Go for it. She's also been doing this thing, and I remember doing this thing, too. And so I'm just like, oh, God, I was insufferable. She's been speaking gibberish and then demanding that it's Spanish. (laughs) She's been like, (laughs) you know, I used to do that. Me too. My grandmother was so up my ass trying to force me to learn Spanish, and I really didn't want to. But my crush, Daniel Cohen, he was a Mexican Jew. And so in my mind, I would go and have full Spanish conversations with him, except I couldn't speak Spanish. So I would sit there and act it out and be like, kids' brains are so fucking weird. I just think of some of the shit that went through my brain as a little kid. And I'm like, that is weird. My cousin Maria and I, when we were young, we were a little budding actors. We would go to the mall and not speak any discernible language. We'd be like, like really loud. We're like, everyone thinks we're French. Everyone thinks we're fucking nuts. I love that. We would never speak actual words to each other. We'd just be like, je le Oh, je Pee pee poo poo. The worst thing is because Luna's been watching Fancy Nancy. She's been going, je la I'm speaking Spanish. I'm like, girl, that's like fake French. That's not even Spanish. God. The last one is they're selfish. Isn't every child. Especially the only children. Sebastian is getting better and he'll do things like, mama, you want to have a bite of this chocolate? And I'm like, okay, thank you. But also at the same token, it's what I said in the other episode. I try to explain to him, look, an iPad's not a cheap thing and we had to buy you a new one. So please take care of it. And it's just fucking 
dropping it down the stairs, getting boogers on it and all kinds of other shit. Very far from actually taking care of it is my point. The other day, Luna says to me, now this is something that happened in the winter a while ago. She brings this up like once a week. She goes, we had that party and all the parents brought their kids. We had babysitters downstairs so that the parents could bring their kids and they used up all my art supplies. I don't know who told them they could craft. I was like, I told them they could craft. It was in the playroom. They used all the pom-poms. All the pom-poms. And I was like, I bought you new pom-poms. And she's like, they used all the sparkle people and then my stickers. I know I have a lot of stickers, but those all were special stickers. She's still talking about, I'm like, Luna, I took you to Michael's and you bought whatever you wanted to. Next time the kids come over, I'm locking up all my art supplies, all my special specials. We're locking them up. I need a cabinet to lock up. When kids come over, there are things I don't want to share. She's still talking about this fucking shit. It was in the winter. I replaced everything. I took her to Michael's and it was like supermarket sweep. I was like, whatever you need, go. I forgot to tell you, Luna wrote Sebastian a letter. Yes, my mom asked for your address. He's going to today write her a letter back. He was very, very happy to receive. He was like, this is for me? From Luna? (laughs) And I was like, yeah. And he was like, that's so nice. He's very happy. Side note, we were in the car driving home from my mom's and Luna out of nowhere goes, Ryan, this is the boy that she's married to. She's like, can I really marry Ryan when I grow up? I was like, if it pans out, sure. And she goes, you know, I really caught him. He was liking a lot of girls. I couldn't believe the things that were coming out around. A lot of girls were liking him, but I caught him first. This might be one of the most concerning things I've ever heard come out of her mouth. And I know she didn't get it from you. I really caught him first. And I'm not boy crazy like that. I really am not. He liked other girls and the other girls liked him, but we had something special right away. That's how she turns into Raquel. And then she's like, he always lets me play with him on the playground when there's only a game that involves one girl. He chooses me. I was like, what is happening? And then she goes, you know, I have three boyfriends, but only three. Sebi, Atticus, and Ryan. Those are my only three. She was describing things that when adults say them, I vom. I have a real problem with girls that act like this as an adult. Right. And she was using the same terminology and describing something that is very adult and that is something that I really have a problem when adults say it. And she was saying it and I was like, this is some fucking karma or something. But for what? I don't know. It was frightening. And it was out of no Nowhere. And she talks about him all the time. We were in Puerto Rico and she's like, I want to have a horse farm with Ryan. I'm like, you. We are having a good day as a family. <laughs> you're going to a new school next year. Forget Ryan. He asked eight girls out and you're the one that said yes. Okay, let's be real. <laughs> but she caught him. I had to find out they were in a relationship from her friend Eva. She didn't even tell me. I went to go pick her up from school one day and Eva goes, Miss Carrie, Luna is married to Ryan. They got married today. And I looked at Luna and she looked like she had just been caught. I had to find out from your friend Eva that you were in a relationship. I didn't do that until sixth grade. And I was a boy crazy girl. All I thought about was boys all the time. And now I have to smoke some weed to get horny. (laughs) Oh, poor Luna. Poor me. Are you kidding? I know. I caught him. Okay. You got to snap her out of that. I'm getting strong Raquel vibes from that. I'm like, are there any girls in your class you like? Let's go that way. Hashtag swag bag.
I'll go for a smooth, smooth tea. Is that the yogi tea or whatever? Yeah, I was so constipated from Italy. And I bought myself a enema and I was like, let me smooth move it first before I have to lay naked, fetal style, sticking a lubed instrument up my anus. Let me try tea first. Why don't you try a fucking probiotic before you start shoving pipes up your ass? What are you doing? Everybody has a way. An enema is literally not an option for me. No way. Smooth move tea. It was gentle. It got the job done. Did you have to enema yourself? No. Oh, good. Okay, good. God good, bless good, the good. smooth move tea. Mine is this J. Crew bucket hat with ties in black. It didn't look like a bucket hat to me. It just looked like a sun hat. Yeah, but it's bucket hat shaped. I thought it was just a wide brimmed sitch. It is. For me, it kind of has a bucket hat shape, but it is bigger than a regular bucket hat. I think it's very elegant. It's $50. I got it half off on sale. And I just think it's a really pretty solution for the beach. I booked a cosmetic job that they had to color match me to foundation. I don't know what cosmetic company thinks it's a good idea to book people in the middle of summer three weeks out before a gig when they have to color match in the middle of the fucking summer. But here we are. So if I want to make that money and it's good money, I have been going everywhere with that bucket hat. Slather up and put a hat on. It's very little Edie. But in a better way. Totally. But I always think a little Edie vibe. I'm okay with it. Minus the hoarding. Minus the, you know, mental illness. And the absolute denial. Minus those two things. And she's just a picture of perfection. She's just eccentric. That's it. Well, there you have it, folks. We love you all. We hope you have a great week. Bye. Bye. Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe or follow. We are out here on our own, and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at hello at momtouragepodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, all at momtouragepodcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Momtourage is a Cafe Mom podcast written and produced by Ashley Herring-Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at Mama Drama Band or mamadramaband.com. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.